Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Contineros Podcast. The podcast is sponsored by Port Pro, the leading operating system for drayage carriers. Schedule a demo today at portpro.io. In the studio today, we got Victor Alvarez. Thanks for taking a day off and making it in. Huh? <laughs> Tell us a little about yourself. Well... I'm a dock worker. I'm not here representing the union. I'm not here as a union member, but uh, more as a dock worker. Uh, I've been working on the waterfront for over nearly 20 years. And um, I've, I was raised in Wilmington. Now I currently live in Long Beach. So I'm still in the vicinity of the, of the docks and the whole port, port life. Cool. Thanks for that disclaimer. <laughs> How did you end up in that, though? How did you end up in, in the drayage world? Like, can you share a little bit about that journey? Well, I mean, in short, you know, you come to your reality that certain things are reachable and certain things are not. And just so happened that I was able to come across uh, an opportunity to work on the waterfront, and it happened you know, not a from one not one from one day to another, but it happened, and here I am. It wasn't it wasn't in the plans, um, but here we are. Is it true it takes a long time though? Like it depends. You know, if it depends, um, it's it's a lot of politics and economics that come into play. Yeah, uh, when you come in through the casual process. Has a lot of that changed over the years, or the the kind of like traditional? I, it's uh, not traditional at all. No, I, I, no, it's not. You know, things have changed dramatically, and the waterfront has grown, you know, immensely. So in the past, from the time I came on on the waterfront to where I am today, it has grown so much, and it continues to grow. <clears throat> what did you want to be growing up? <laughs> it depends at what time of my what, what at what time of my age you're asking me that question. You know, growing up in Wilmington as a young kid, I mean, you know, you you know my my generation, we ran the streets, you know, and uh, if you asked me the same question, it wasn't what I wanted to be now, and uh, no near what I what changed down the road, you know. When I became a young father, you know, I I wanted to, at that point, I wanted to give something greater to my daughter. And I did want to have a, some type of status. And uh, what I mean by that, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a psychologist. In combination, I wanted to do forensic psychology. But then this came along, and being a young father, you know, I had already sacrificed a lot of time going to school trying to better myself, and I felt it was an opportunity that I could spend more time with my daughter and maybe consider going back to school in the midst of that time, but things changed. What did you learn along the way, like, about that, about those uh, choices you of what you wanted to be? like? Uh, you know, at times, you you know, you don't want to have any regrets. You don't want to have any regrets, but you accept how life is. 
you know, you accept how life comes at you and you move forward. Um, is there regrets? No, none at all. Um, working working on the waterfront and doing what I do uh, has given me a lot of opportunity and uh, a lot of flexibility, and um, I can't complain. You know, I've, I've, I'm able to, to live a dignified way of life, and being said, I'm, I'm content with that. I live within my means, I'm modest, and uh, humble. So being that, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. So when you made that choice, you, you kind of already made up your mind that there will be no regret behind it. You think sometimes people make choices <clears throat> like half-assed? Like a decision means yes, tuvo, no look back or no. It depends how. Well, it's that's a pretty broad uh, question, you know, because you can answer it in many ways. Yeah. Uh, sticking to what we're saying, no, I don't have any regrets. Mm. I don't have any regrets. Um, you know, like I said, it's it the it's giving me a lot of flexibility. You know, in that respect, you know, but, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been fun if I would have either went on the medical field or if I would have went through the judicial system to maybe help out our community, Yeah, you know, so to speak. Um, when you're young, you're, you're full of ideas, you're full of dreams, you know, and then you hit a certain point of your life that, you know, maybe some of those dreams are not reachable. Depends, you know. Uh, depends on each uh, on each person's uh, way of thinking, you know. Some people are more realistic. Other people are more more. Uh, <clears throat> no worries. More more people are, you know, live in a fantasy world, so to speak. But some people, you know, what I I, I give them that respect that reach what they want to do. You know what I mean. But life comes at you in a, in a different way, and you accept it and you move forward. At least that's the way I see it. What's some interesting stuff you've learned about human behavior through the psychology side of things? Human behavior? Well, we're all fucked up. We are? We're all fucked up. There's no such thing. People always tend to be, well, you know what? He's not a normal guy. He's not a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Well, motherfucker, you ain't normal either, you know? Okay. Nobody is normal. We all, we're all molded differently. You know, we're all molded by our experiences. That's who we become. We all have a tick. We all have a funny way of being so to speak um and that's what makes us who we are we're each person is a unique person each person has their own ways uh their own pet peeves things that either piss them off or things that turn them on you know so individually we're all we all have our our odds so even psychologists sometimes need a psychologist. I think uh, I think from what I understand, psychologists uh, have a high rate of suicide. So in short, that says a lot. Wow. What? what okay, this is random, but what, what the psychology cover like understanding suicide or what? Psychology is a it's a very broad um, discipline, so you can look at it from many directions i mean it it's where you want to where you want to grow or where you want to what study what emphasis you want to work on so it depends where where you what you want to study if you're asking okay. me as a as a study as yeah. a study discipline yeah yeah you branch off into what you want to study oh, okay so kind of like a 
pediatrician, gynecologist, yeah, with it, doctors. Yeah, because the psychology, the study of a mind is pretty broad. But then when you go on to graduate level and you want mm-hmm. to do a dissertation, what is it that you want to study? You know, you want to study serial killers. Mm-hmm. You want to study suicide. <laughs> you want to study whatever study or field you want You want to get into. It's You think some people go into that field more for the fact of more for like trying to figure out themselves and then once they're deep they're like <clears throat> it's not really what they wanted to do in reality they just wanted to know more about themselves i would speak for myself you know i had no clue that that's what i wanted to major mm. you know i as a matter of fact i, I was i want to say that i was paving the way for many of the, of the people behind me i had no clue i didn't even know that i could major in psychology i had no clue but the more I studied, the more you come into knowledge and you begin to understand the things that you're learning and things be- begin to make sense, then you become more curious to understand things. Mm. And then it was like, wow, I'm in the right field. You know, I'm learning about myself, you know, and pretty much if you, whoever you speak to, we all come from dysfunctional families. Even whatever it is, you know, I have come from a good family. You know, mm-hmm. we're 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 all we're all somewhat screwed up. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me, I agree. I'm a little screwed up. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> trust me. Screwed up gang. What's up? <laughs> so, okay, you want to go over maybe childhood? Any? Any hardships you've been through that you remember? You know or? what? Um, I'm very grateful that my parents, uh, they weren't, we weren't really poor, but we kind of lived in poor conditions by choice. Um, you know, we were never without food. We were never without clothes. We were never without many things. Other people really, really went through hardships. Um, but Things could have been different. There was an age different between my parents and us. They married at a later age, and you really didn't have that connection with your parents. You kind of raised yourself. So if you ask me that, that kind of that really went a little different. Okay. What's your favorite memory from growing up? You know, my favorite memory? Yesterday was my mom's birthday. Okay. She's, she would have been 83. Um, my favorite memory, I had a picture with my brothers, and I shared it with my sister. We were right here at Harbor Lake, and uh, we were in one of those um, one of those little yellow boats that you could uh, pedal. Mm-hmm. And that brought a lot of memories, you know. Sundays were dedicated to family, you know, at least my parents, you know. <clears throat> and um, those were some of the best memories that I had because... You know, we would have carne asada on a Sunday. We spent the whole entire day at Harbor Lake. If it, if it wasn't Harbor Lake, it was Point Furman, Cabrillo Beach, anything in the vicinity, you know. And we spent the entire day with my parents, you know. And uh, those were the best memories that I have with my brothers and my and my parents. And that reminded you? Yeah, that reminded me because I've been digging through stuff. I've been cleaning my father's... Um, uh, dressers he's uh he's in the home now 
you know, I'm sure you see me take care of Yeah, them. you're very close. I was taking care of them Monday to Friday, six, uh, actually 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then work at night on the waterfront. Um, but uh, it's been a privilege to take care of them. We've had our ups and downs. It's not always, you know, nice and pretty the way it looks, but we've had our ups and downs. But, you know, reality, reality strikes, and you do what you have to do. To some people, it may be something like, wow, how could you put your father in a home? No, well, you know, circumstances. Circumstances take you to that, you know. They I might. mean, as long as you know you're, you're doing your best. Well, you know, you know uh, after this, you. I'm going to pick him up, and I'm going to take him to go see my mom yesterday. He couldn't come out, and it was cold. But uh, but overall, you know, you do your best and do it with an open heart. That's the best I can describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then people from the outside looking in, that's just an opinion. You know, if, you've, if you haven't done it, you wouldn't understand. And those that have done it, you know, I tip my hat to them because even even at that point, those that have done it still doubt themselves. And I tell people, as a matter of fact, I was telling somebody that yesterday, I go, don't, don't be hard on yourself. It's okay. You did what you did, and you did it with an open heart. There's always room to do more. Yes, there is. But... It's whatever you can do, and when you do it, and you did it with an open heart, that's all you can do. Open heart, mm-hmm. good intentions. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind, we'll move on to about the waterfront stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that about <clears throat> your family and childhood. Um, I hear a lot that. Um, ILW is the union, right? We all know it's the union. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the labor. So, what do they mean, or what do you guys mean, in your opinion, by that statement? Like, we're the labor, because a lot of people I, think that the that terminals and the union is the same thing. Like, no, there's two. Those are two complete different entities. And again, I'm not speaking on behalf of the ILWU, Local 13. I'm not. I'm speaking on behalf of dock workers and stevedores and workers in general. This is you as uh, Victor Alvarez. Yeah, Victor Alvarez. And um, they call me Sotac. That's my nickname, Sotac, on the waterfront and uh, outside. And that's been my street name forever. And it just stuck with me. But um, as an outside, as, uh, not representing the union, not representing anybody but myself and a, as a dock worker as a as a labor dock worker um <clears throat> they're two completely separate uh, entities when you talk about the iowu and you talk about uh the, the shipping companies two complete opposites so our job is to unload and load con- uh shipping and cargo ships pretty much the cargo ships but your question is, emphasize on your question. My question is that, so pretty much who, who employs you then? If you guys are... We're under, we're under the PMA, Pacific Maritime Association. Mm-hmm. They're the employer. They're the mediators between the union and the shipping companies. So they're, they're, they are the people that, collect the money from the shipping companies and pay us. Whereas before, my understanding was that 
Longshore workers would go to each terminal and collect their money from each terminal after a week's uh, after a week's work. So PMA was hired as a as a mediator to as a as a payroll. So that's how they ended up building their their, their empire, I would say. But uh, you know, it's uh, uh, I won't be too much too clear on everything on, on what PMA does. But they, that's the employer. But uh, each company has their own set of rules. But there is a contract between dock workers and shipping companies. And the middleman is uh, PMA, Pacific Maritime Association. They're in charge of speaking on behalf of the shipping companies. They regulate the shipping companies. Like a mediator, right? A mediator, but they regulate the shipping companies. They tell the shipping companies what to do because they represent them. Like right now, we're in a contract year. But again, that's a whole, you know, a whole different, different conversation. So, can you provide a, a terminal description? Basically, what what the terminal does then? The terminal, the terminal's objective or shipping company is to unload containers and get them out of there as soon as they can. That's, that's, the, that's the objective. That's their service? Well, that's their objective. Okay. You know, but these are, you're talking about multi-billion dollar companies, you know, and they have their own discrepancies. Because they're all like different terminals or like a different brand. You <coughs> could think of it kind of like an airline. Which which one am I going to operate out of? Right, right. So, and there's some that are that that work more efficient, and there's some that don't. And in the end, you know, it's it's a lot of politics and, and economics. Well, it's very hard to understand sometimes because there's a lot of like, it's not everything. Everything is not what it seems like. You would go in there and think that because you see a longshore worker in there that that represents that terminal. Well, if from an outside, uh, as an outsider, if you go in there, yeah, you can assume all oh, these guys work for them and therefore they need to jump up because I'm here to get service. It doesn't work that way. You know, well, dock workers here in, in other parts of the world, they have their contracts. And as you know, unions have contracts and unions work accordingly to their contract that they should respectively uh, respect and work under the, those contract rules. You know what I mean? And um, in my opinion, it's, you know, some of the some of the truck drivers come in, they're demanding this, demanding that, and they don't understand that. You know, dock workers, dock workers work under a contract. It's not that they don't want to service you. It's not that they don't want to do this and do want to do that. But it's not within their their um, their job description to do that. You know, there's job categories that people work under. You know what I mean? So if to secure that job, you're only allowed to do your part and not to do extra. Your part, yeah. So, as a truck driver, it's like, well, my container's there. Tell them it's right there. No, I can't. I can't tell them it's there. It's not my job. My job is to signal, line you up, and have the crane operator uh, put the container on you. There's a clerk that's going to 
that's good. That's um, that's hired to do that. But with automation, with uh, new technology, <clears throat> that has changed. You know, it's eliminated a lot of jobs. So therefore, you know, you can't just um, expect the signal guy to, as simple as it seems. Yeah. You know, it's not my job. Well, so, sometimes we hear that, like, oh, there's a lot of different phases uh, as far as learning how this works, right? So we, we think, what would you say to a trucker that's upset about the lack of manpower? I normally tell them, you know what, you need to call your dispatcher and you need to have your dispatcher give the, give the shipping company shit because they really don't give a damn about you. They could give a rat's ass because it's up to the shipping company to hire more dock, uh, longshore workers or dock workers onto that terminal so they can do the job more efficiently. They understand that if I have X amount of workers to come and do this job, but I'd rather just not hire, not hire for that day as many and if you whatever you surface whatever you service with the x amount of workers that's what we're going to do what well, why can't longshoremen help us help them like can't can't longshoremen do that as well like it benefits longshoremen cuz that'll be more 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 longshoremen jobs like no like, it's not going to hey, hire more of us because well, the only it's way us look the, bad. the only way they're going to help the only way truck drivers are going to help us is if the truck drivers tell their dispatchers to demand more workers to the terminal then then you have more workers being brought from 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 the union to work on that terminal rather than them cutting in like okay you know what that signal man could serve as a as a clerk and help us out but these are multi-billion dollar companies they're already making millions so why are, why are we going to give them more leverage to to make more more money? You know what I'm saying. The it, it, I'm what I'm saying is they have the money to hire more more union workers to the terminal so we could work efficiently and safely. Number one is safely. You know, because <laughs> if you're if you're out of your job category mm-hmm. and you're doing something you're not supposed to. And you get hurt, guess what? I didn't tell you to do it. It's not under your contract. So it's more likely that they listen to to dispatchers than than you guys? Well, you know, in my opinion, if there was more unity between truck drivers, truck drivers have a lot of power. They can make a lot of things happen if they stuck together. I've done. I've worked as a dock worker. I've worked on the on terminals and <clears throat> and I've seen truckers cut cut off each other. I've seen truckers get in front of each other. And what do you do? It's not my fault that he got in front of you. Why are you blaming me? You know, but that can be worked differently, of course. You know, 
you you if they had more if since they eliminated clerks from what i understand on on some of the terminals and now they depend on whatever pops up on their computers and let's say that a container pops up on your computer and um as a trans driver you're driving the trans and the container and the trucker pulls up and it doesn't match the computer doesn't know what you know it could be the third guy in the back that's the container that you're on that's popping up on the screen by then you have to stand by because you gotta need you need a clerk to come out and look for it before there wasn't that before the clerk would line them up line up all the all the truckers know where each container was at went out of his way looking for it and chalked it up put it on the chassis and as soon as they pulled up it was more efficient but the companies didn't feel that way that it was as efficient they felt that you know what we'll put a gps on uh, on each container and have a computer go in there and find it and that's what's going to indicate as the way they come in that's the way we're going to line them up that's an ideal world Maybe in Europe it works. Maybe in China it works, but we're a whole different. We're a whole different layout. So, it's it's still in the works. I mean, I've I've worked, dock work, a few times as a uh, trans driver, and um, it's um, it's it's not as efficient. So they're probably willing to invest instead in, in technology that eliminates manpower versus taking yeah. on a complaint of the, bring more people. The way I see it as a dock worker, the way I see it is that uh, truck drivers are getting the short end of the stick. Why? Because you guys don't have any, uh, truck drivers don't have any representation. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truck drivers don't have any representation. At least, there's a few. I my understanding, uh, Teamsters, and they get paid by the hour, not by the load. From my understanding, I don't know if that's changed. I I've been dispatching for a while, but again, I'm not here representing the union. I'm here representing myself as a dock worker, mm -hmm. and from my experience, yeah. Based on my experience is what I'm going off of. And in my opinion, <coughs> I, I've never been, I don't feel I've been represented by the Teamsters. As an owner-operator, I don't think they represent owner-operators. Well, what it comes down to is politics and economics, unfortunately. You know, we, we could sit here and talk about how unions are and how they work. And that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that could be a whole <laughs> other. Yeah, and and you know, just for the, you know, just some some things are are best kept away from um, from the public side because some people, in general, not because of their not because people are stupid or what have you, because, you know, yeah, ignorance is innocent, but not knowing and not understanding, you know, people are quick to jump to conclusions and not know. That's why we're here because. By the same token, ignorance 
you know, not knowing and understanding, people jump to conclusions. Yeah, this helps a lot, even though it's, you know, it's never going to be uh, no, 100%. And, and people, you know, the thing is that people think that when you call somebody an ignorant, people are quick to say, oh, well, you're calling me stupid. No, I'm not calling you stupid. Stupid is knowing right and wrong, and you choose to be stupid. But being ignorant is not understanding. It's just a lack of something. Is lack of knowledge. Yep. Ignorance is lack of knowledge. It's not that you're dumb. It's not that you're stupid or whatever way you want to look at it. It's not a negative. It's, it's actually a tragedy. It's actually sad. Um, but who wants to go to school and understand uh, how economics and politics work? You know, most people get turned off by it because it's... You know, it's, it doesn't sit well with anybody, you know. Some people are more fortunate than others. So, you know, those that are fortunate can talk about economics and they can talk about politics because they've been fortunate. But Were some they of, fortunate or knowledgeable? Well, and who knows? Right? Absolutely. And, that's, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and that can be both. But right? those that are fortunate are knowledgeable and have a better understanding, you know, because they, of their privileges. Yeah. But... Some of us have, just by mere luck, I would say, some of us are, are blessed, you know, and some of us forget that we're blessed, you know. Yeah. Some of us, I, you know, and I can go off into others. I mean, you know, that's why I keep saying, hey, I'm representing myself as a dock worker, not as a, you know, longshoreman, but as a stevedore. And the uh, reason I say that because I have to be very cautious of what I what I discuss here and not go into the political end of, of the union. But, you know, we both know that if that were to be discussed, that would be, like, interesting is not the proper word, I think. It's just, it'll be on a whole other level. It's, oh, it, it, and that's the, that's the part that proves to me that it'll never change because that has to remain obscure. <clears throat> that has to remain hidden. No, not really. Because if you don't have all the facts, there's no. always that's always a puzzle that's missing. Well, yeah, because you know what, there's certain there's certain uh, conversations that are, you know, left. Like union talk is between union workers, and if you belong to a union, you know, you met you 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 made an oath. Yeah. You made an oath to your union that whatever you talk about, it stays inside the union, and for the preservation of the union, you know. Yeah. But um. One can have an ob an objective uh, conversation yeah. in regards to politics and economics and how things function. And the sad thing is that, you know, both longshore or dock workers and truckers, truck drivers, are merely one workforce. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie and say that we feel, I mean, my opinion, we feel left out. You do leave, feel left out because... And the things that, that impact you or that are, could be good for you, it, it's all fine and dandy and, like, support. Because I, I don't know if I'm tripping, but I, I remember, like, you guys wanted support when it was about automation or stuff that will affect you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you win that war, all those benefits apply to you guys. And we just kind of happened to support it, well, if we did, although it, the majority it, didn't. It, it's funny that you say that because... You know, the reason, and this is away from, you know, from the political end, yeah. but, but even knowing that those jobs are going to be available in the future, 
it's only fair for the public to be behind unions because you want to have unions to be still still be there maybe not because of you because right now you're you're working outside of a union but mm -hmm. in hopes that maybe one family member from your family or somebody that you know having that opportunity there will one day become part of that union that gives a better dignified wage you want to you want to protect that even though you're not in it you want to protect it and at all costs because someday somebody in your family could become part of that union so you should always stand behind a union that has opportunity and gives opportunity and and has a good way uh of looking out for its workers you know as long as of course it has a good leadership um <clears throat> I wanted to look out for truckers, even if we're not a part but, of it. But the thing with truckers, we go back into the 70s. We go back into the 60s. A trucker made good money. A trucker lived, perhaps, lived uh, a better a better way of life. Uh, had a better uh, dignified living, cost of living. Yeah. Versus going now, because what? Who, who broke their union? Who said, hey, you know what? I'll take that container out for cheaper than what you're paying these guys that are unionized. So who who screwed it all up? And now you want to mend that? They ran with it. Or who made it appealing at the time and we didn't know what we were getting into. That's the problem. Kind of like when the M&M &M agreement, like at the time maybe... You seem to be knowledgeable, so I don't. I don't know. No, I mean, looking no, into I'm, looking into going back, I think would be since I mean you're very involved in this, and then I want to I want to say going back to its history and understanding what broke the truckers union. I will, who, I'm, I'm down to who, learn more about who's, that. Who's the per? Who is what group is behind that? And sadly, you know, I. I haven't. I I just go based on from what I hear. You know, um, you know it's it, it it's really sad. You know, and uh, now you want to fix that, and that's what happens when you when you bust a union, when you break a union. It's really hard to bring that power back, and sometimes I hear truckers like yeah man these fucking longshoremen they make too much money you know what they fuck them you know fuck them you know they they need to bring automation and let's see what people can't think that way look what happens to you so you want everybody to be all fucked up what's gonna do you're just gonna empower more more of these shipping companies to become more more multi-billion dollar shipping companies Mm -hmm. I mean, what is that gonna do to you? You're then that's gonna even gonna lower your your wage even furthermore, and it's gonna become cheaper and cheaper, and it's gonna become cheaper and cheaper to move these containers out. But they're still gonna profit more because they're gonna charge whatever they want to charge. Yeah, on their end, things are taken care of. Their end, yeah, exactly. So. Who who are you hurting? And, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that you want to protect the union that has opportunity. Maybe not for yourself. 
or maybe even for yourself sometimes because you still have you are the general public you still have an opportunity to you know what when the union when the unions have a, a lottery and they open it up to the public that gives an opportunity to the general population to work on the waterfront if someone knows them in there allegedly not ne not necessarily it's been open mm -hmm. i i know personally i have uh, union brothers that have come from as far as new york yeah new jersey yeah and even across the way in the united states up north south you'd be surprised and we work with all people from all walks of life i work you know the brother that was out here earlier you know you wouldn't see people intermingling the way we intermingle we become a family so to speak i mean it's a love-hate relationship down there but yeah we are a family overall when we, when the shit comes to shove there is a unity you know for the same reason but there should be any time but that but by the same token you know when we go back to ignorance you know i i like to say you know what truck drivers are part of our workforce you know but you know, it, it, it's it, it's a tit for tat because without truckers, there's no trans drivers, there's no dock signal, there's no clerks. You know, if we automate, if they automate the yards, then that eliminates all the work. So we're all working class, but we don't all have the same, you know, perks and benefits. But remember, since we're working class, what do you associate working class with when you talk about education? Come again? See, let's try that again. Yeah. What do you associate working class when it comes to education? Where do I... What do you associate working class and education? What do you associate with? Um, I, I associate it like a gap. There's a gap between them sometimes. Well, there's a big gap. Because, and the bigger because, the gap, because the... Because most, more than likely when you associate both of them, there tends to be a, a difference. The You know, you're working class, but your education is not there, you know? And therefore you're very dependent and on that opportunity. And, a, and if you're a laborer, chances are, you know, not everybody is... Not every laborer doesn't have an education. You'd be surprised, you know. But, you know, when you when you look at and when you generally speak about it, you know, most most people that work labor jobs don't are not educated. And that is a deficit. That is a deficit. That is a, a big handicap for people. Because you don't understand how things function and you can't see the clear picture and you could tell them, you could explain. And people are not going to see it, and it's that is a tragedy. So the pro, the the, the pro <coughs> of the union is that it protects people within the general labor force, so they won't be exploited by big companies. But if you're see when you get involved in a union, in any union, in any active union, you know, all unions go and support labor. You know whether you're unionized or not, you're always behind them. You know you're always. You know what? No, it's not. You're not going to do that to them. We try to you try to help them organize. Mm. You know, and again we go back to we go back to uh, leadership. There's some unions that don't have leadership. There's some unions that are corrupt. That's generally speaking, all across the board. Or sell out. That would be it. Yeah. Does that happen? Yes, it happens every day. I mean, look how many unions we've lost 
in the in in the past decades. Yeah, it it just seems that they're trying to get rid of the. They're just they got rid. Of, they're getting rid of the middle class. You know, they're getting rid of the middle class, and the, you you either gonna be filthy rich or you're gonna be filthy poor, and there, there's nothing in between. Yeah, that's and fucked we, up. And we we're seeing firsthand that it in in its works, and therefore you know. We, I mean, dock workers, organized uh, labor should always be protected, whether you agree or disagree. Why? If you're working class, you should always protect it, whether you agree or disagree, and not going, don't, not going there with your sentiments. You know, sadly, yeah, but that's, you know, you, you know. Talking about truckers, they, I mean, they have the potential to organize, but again, you would have to look into the history to understand what it is today and what can be done. Or see if it'll because, re repeat itself. Because, you know, you guys are a big, a big workforce, but I, I, I'm no one to tell, to say, I'm not that much knowledgeable yeah. of what can help. What, what what can help but just speaking objectively of course if you organize there's a lot of power in organize you know one 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 uh together you make a fist and that makes it even stronger you know but separated nobody's gonna listen to it so you think that's a flaw <clears throat> excuse me you think that's a flaw we have within uh trucking as far as ports goes I, I think the, the independent contractor side of things absolutely hmm. absolutely but some yeah. of us feel we make more money being independent contractors but that's so when everyone but, becomes but a competition but if you're making so much money why are people complaining hmm. then we become we go against each other because now it's a conflict of interest and what and, uh, and when but see it, but, there's there's something that we talk about in unions you know, in, in unions, you talk about, you know, um, when you have union workers fighting each other, that empowers the employer. When you have union workers fighting each other, you empower the employer. So as long as truckers fight each other. It's a market. Who, who's making, who's, 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 who's the top dog? It remains the top dog. Yeah, because you know what? You know, you have somebody that's going to do that is going to move that load cheaper. And if they can do that, they're making money, not you guys. But if you guys, if you guys look out for each other and say, hey, man, you know what? You, you see this in other countries, you know, like, for example, in Mexico, you see organized taxi drivers. You know, they take turns, you know, all right, you're next. Boom, you know, right, line them up. You're next, you know. But if you have somebody that's trying to sneak and snake his way in, you can't have that, man. You can't have that. You see it with uh, with car wash workers. You know what? You you know you either if I'm the one that wants the extra stuff and I slip him uh, some money in his pocket, and he doesn't put it in the in, in the tip jar that they all share at the end of the day, he's snaking his way. And who's benefiting from it? I am because I'm making him do more work for me. My mind's just all over the place right now, man. I'm like, this is 
interesting stuff because I I don't want to be negative, but it feels like it's not gonna change anytime soon. And like that, that light bulb has to go off, because, and then because the problem is the the biggest challenge that we have, and even and not as a dock worker, not as anything, but in our community, our biggest challenge is ourselves. And we still have so much room, you know. We're still, it's sad to say that we're still, people can argue about it, people can talk shit, but I'm going to say it, we're still a sleeping giant. And the sleeping giant is uh, its a metaphor that Acuna, Acuna, I forget his first name, but he wrote about it. He was a, once he was a professor and an author. I just my memory shot out. Who's the sleeping giant? La, la raza, working yeah. class. Just the raza. We're a sleeping okay, giant. Okay, all of us. We're still a sleeping giant. We're still a sleeping giant. And then, and and that's just one end. But when you talk about the the whole labor, that's yeah, that's different, and it just becomes bigger. But our end, yeah, we're still a sleeping giant. Instead of helping each other, we like to screw each other. We still don't like to reach out and say, hey, I'm going to help you. We're more like, oh, fuck him. Él said, yo me, yo me chingue llegar acá, pues se va a chingar él también. Only más. That's hard. That's, uh, we still have a lot of, I don't know, just... Uh, I mean, I can go off into other... Into go. Other, no, well, it's no. You, you gotta be. We'll, we'll come you back got, if you go you too got, far. <laughs> you gotta be cautious. Yeah, no, that opens up a whole can of worms. But you know, in my, in my persona, in my persona, in my personal way of thinking, you know, I always try to reach out to everybody, not just Rasa, not just this, any work, anybody that's working. Like, let's say, you know, uh, you go to a, to a restaurant. Your server, acknowledge your server, whatever race he is, whatever, whatever. Let's get, a, let's avoid that, you know. But always acknowledge the worker. You know. Sometimes they give you bad service. It's not because they're bad. It's because somebody ticked them off earlier or something. The Talk employer didn't order enough labor. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Wouldn't that piss you off? Mm. Why am I doing extra work for these other people? Yeah, there's this, uh, I'm sure you've heard it, like, you can learn a lot about a person by the way they treat the waiter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Class. Having class. You don't have to, have, you don't have to be rich to have class. Or to have a, to, to be able to have um, manners, you know. You know, some people argue with me that, you know what, you are a reflection of your parents. Yeah, you are a reflection of your parents, you know? How you raise your kids, if you're raising them to be f rude or no te dejes, no te dejes, that t there's a, yeah, I understand that part, but sometimes you got to teach your kids uh, to be humble, respectful, you know, because that reflects on your person as an adult, you know, when you, you could tell somebody, man, you were raised right. Mm -hmm. And some people were raised wrong. Mm -hmm. 
You could tell the way they are, you know? You could tell by their manners, and just like you said, you can see people the way they carry themselves. And that, that behavior applies in, the, in all areas, you know? Do you ever notice too much? Do you feel that it made you more aware, like <coughs> what you studied? No, that, yeah, of course, studying makes you understand it, that there's a medical term to it, that there's uh, a better understanding. Yeah, of course it does. Does it make you more selective of your friendship? <coughs> yeah, but, but, but you know, being raised in the streets, you learn who, who's what. You learn, hey, man, if I hang around with this fool, he ain't nobody. <laughs> I'd rather kick it with this fool because this fool knows what's up. He knows how to carry himself. I want to tell you something that you're the first one that caught on to this and it makes sense because the psychology stuff probably, when I move the mic, like you know that. Anyways. I, that, it's being attentive. Yeah. Or when people ask, are you cold? Sometimes they're cold. Mm -hmm. But anyways. No, they, so, yeah. those are, yeah, those are little things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, go on. I apologize, man. No, no, don't apologize. You don't have to be apologetic. I'm not sorry then. Fuck no. That. It's not that you're not sorry. You just correct yourself and move on. Let's go then. Let's go on. Yeah. Um, since I already interrupted you, then let's just carry on to the next thing. Um, can you tell me more about the levels of? Because there's this, there's levels to it. Uh, people, from my understanding, you start off like at like a casual, put in some hours. Oh, uh, B book, A book. What, what well, is all? It's not. Le it's not levels. Seniority. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seniority. That's a nice way of saying the top level. No, because, uh, you know, unions, you know, if you understand them, the way they were formulated, the way they came about, there's, there's um, you know, um, the way they, they began, you know, the the beginning, the the fundamentals, you know? And I got to be cautious because then you have all these people, are like, oh, the way, the, in, in modern politics right now, you know, you say certain things, certain words, and people are like, oh, my God, oh, you know, that's so anti-American, this and this and that, and you got to be cautious because it has to be, there has to be um, nobody's above anybody. You know, especially in the union. You know, we're all, but you have to respect the seniority. It's an unwritten rule to respect seniority. And of course, experience, and of course, you know, X amount of years, and yeah, you know, and how you move up the, 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 the ladder in the, in, in the union, it's your time. You gotta put in the time. You have to put in uh, the work, you know. And that applies in everything, but um, yeah, how are you gonna have a casual driver, a a, 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 a trans or a, or a crane? You can't, you know. But I mean, would they be able to do it? Yeah, they can do it. I mean, it's just put into practice, you know. In time, that person learned to drive a machine. Yeah, that can happen, but. You know, a promotion goes to the person that's been there longer, and that's how you move up, you know? So yeah. in short, what's the journey like uh, in to towards seniority? Casual, ID? Well, that's, uh, that would be that. that the order. That, that's the, that's, that, I want to say that's how it works, 
you know most people come in as through the casual process and there's other areas as well by demand of the companies but I wouldn't emphasize too much on it now and it would be better off a record to okay. to to talk about that in detail but yeah. again here I'm just trying to uh you know clear things between uh workers workers dock workers and truck drivers that we all are a working force that we're all the same we're all laborers so well, then, we just happen to be you know on the other end because of what the union has done how much they have fought how much they have sacrificed and don't get me wrong you know there's dock workers that can jeopardize everything and jeopardize everything that has been built everything that has been fought everything that has, that took ages to be where we're at today and yeah just like the general public there's people that don't have the slightest clue of how things came about they just didn't come about overnight it came about through hard work you know people sacrificed there was people that that did put in the work before so we can benefit from it today and then there's people that today don't even have the slightest clue and they just want to take 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 and they don't get back back you know what i mean and that's within the union do you think like when they started using steadies that was <coughs> thrown in there to kind of throw you guys off balance uh that would be a personal question but you know because steady kind of goes against the well you don't want to use the word traditional but at the whole thing of showing up to the hall like it's always been show up to the hall get the job of the day it depends who the, you speak to then the steady might uh, seem i will i don't i mean that's that can create a division between workers yes but you know it depends i have you know i know a lot of i know a lot of people that have steady positions and are strongly about unionism you know, and they give a lot of their time to the union. So, you know, it depends who you speak to, mm. you know. The steady, in a way, it's not them trying to take that worker away from your union, kind of like uh, prioritize. I, think, I don't think they would be the term. It's mm. the individual that shies away from the union. It's the individual that shies away from the union and gets caught up on the way the uh, on you know making good money and you know what i'll give you an example you know la labor day you know some people forget what labor day is some people you know what i make my money i'm taking my family on vacation and then we go marching and there's not that many people when that should be one of the most important days for for all laborers and take and really take pride into that Labor Day March. But it's up to that individual to acknowledge the hard work that got you where you're at today, what gives you, what feeds you, what clothes you, what gives you everything. And all the workforce should be there present, not only Longshore, but everybody in general. All the working class. I'll touch this one more time, the, the steady subject. 
when that was when that started was it an issue at first what made you guys accept that because it kind of uh, seems to me like it goes against the uh, whole everyone's the same once it, you become but steady the, but that's the that's the that's the thing that i'm telling you that that depends on that person who it depends who you're talking to i don't mm. see it as a problem i mean if you if you go by the ignorance of others ah you know what this steady they don't even come to the hall they, you know but there's also there's also unwritten rules that people do you know and that comes with seniority, I'm assuming as well. I, I'm right? thinking that it, it applies in general to everybody. You get close. You, I, I think where you're going with it that you get attached to the company, and the company does this, does that. Supposed to give you perks. Supposed to do that. Who knows what 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 happens? Or protection from when when this situation that happened recently, a trucker had an issue with with a clerk that we're assuming is a steady keyword. Assuming this is mm -hmm. all hypothetical yeah. as far yeah. as it. Yeah. Then the superintendent opted out of, you know, saying the the person's name. The superintendent didn't identify himself either. What, what the, so it's like if that never but happened. See, but see, if you talk to a superintendent, who are you speaking to? Well, he represents the terminal. So why is so, he protecting that 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 person? Because it's a steady. Probably well, make them look bad. No, because in the end, he's protecting the company. If the steady worker is steady working under a company, he's protecting the company. He's not protecting. He, he's not protecting the worker. He's protecting the company. He's protecting the company from something bigger. Remember, they look out for the best interests of the company, not the worker. Just that to me that at that point that That's they a, seem like that accomplices. Work, that worker is a that worker that worker dispensable. That worker can be replaced. So why would he give a rat's ass about a about about a worker that can be replaced? You know how many people are ready are ready to take that position? But even then, even the know. same people that I know that talk shit about steadies wouldn't mind being steady somewhere. Yeah, just like some truckers that so, talk shit about so, union wouldn't so, mind being part of the union either. Of course, but they're on the other end. So the thing is that we're saying is, you, we're we're speaking what you, the scenario that you're giving me. What is the best interest of of, of that of, of that uh, that superintendent to look out for the company? His yeah. ass is kissing that company's ass. Yeah, cause through because through that anonymity, because he it would, never happened. Because if it ha if something happened and it, and it's gonna fall on the company, who's gonna go first? Somebody that's represented or somebody that's not represented. But it's more than likely the superintendent not represented. So my question is, if that person wouldn't have been a steady, would they have given them up? See, that's where it it's creates not, it's like not, a it's issue not. for everyone but see, else. But see, we're, we're dancing around the question. Mm. The bottom line is, the it's not about the steady. Right now, it's about the company. And most, if I'm correct, is it's gonna be that superintendent. If it goes sideways, you were you were under supervision during this incident. Where in the hell were you at? What were you doing? Who's covering? Who's covering? Whose ass is being covered? Yeah, that steady could get fired, slap on the hand. Why? Because we have representation. Yeah, it would be just from that job but, site. But you know, yeah, but. But again, it's your union that represents you. But uh, a superintendent has no representation. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, so, it's a job title at so, that terminal. So why would he? Why would? What is he gonna do? He's gonna try to protect himself as much as he can. For yeah, that, for that reason. Well, that was a good move. Anonymity, like it never happened now because we don't have no one to. There's no no one's gonna but be accountable. Let, but let's say, for example, and that, it keeps happening to the but, next driver. But, but, and but, on let, and on but let's just say that. Let's just say that. That uh, that you guys had representation. And you and you follow the same protocol that 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 uh, a union person has representation, and we're speaking objectively. We're not speaking mm -hmm. what what the longshore does, but in general, if 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 a trucker had representation, would this be continuing to happen? It all it all boils down to that. It's organizing. Truckers should have been organized years ago. It should, and in not reality, what let's just say, what would have happened if truckers, never, the union never broke between truckers? When you well, say the union, to your understanding, what union are you talking about? Like, what was the name of it? No, I do not. Oh, and okay. I told you, and I made that okay, clear okay. earlier. I don't know the history. So I can look that. I up. don't know the history. But yeah. there was something going on. I would say between the seventies and eighties, how that came about. What was that? What was that? The the. The, the detriment to that what what came about that it, it became what it is now yeah that word uh deregulation right it was around that time i wouldn't know yeah. I, don't, I don't know too much about it was like a free-for-all like independent handle your business yeah, yeah. every man well, for any, himself anything that becomes that it's not it's not good anything but anything coming disguised as a as a as a savior from that also can be dangerous because they they're preying on let's, people let's, let's, that are weak in the moment. Let's talk. Well, not yeah. weak. Let me rephrase no. it. Not weak, but maybe weak in, in understanding and weak in, in the knowledge of in, how it works. In Spanish, in Mexican Spanish, there's a there's a saying, right? Al perro más flaco se le pegan las pulgas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's what happens. But you're talking about a multi-billion-dollar industry that can go left real quick in the wrong hands, and then that kills the spirit. And I think that's happened a few times. I don't know the names, but it's it's been there's been attempts, and every time people they they lose a little more interest, a little more interest, then it becomes your reality. Like <coughs> it's just the way it is. Pues así well, son los puertos, no va a cambiar. Like, well, have you talked? Like, have you talked to other uh, uh, estibadores, estibadores, uh, dock workers from around the world? No. There's a, there there's there's a groups, in uh, on Facebook, and they've had the tragedy. They've they've shared some of the tragedy of how much how much uh, jurisdiction they've lost, how much power they've lost how much uh, jobs they lost to who or what to the employers oh. the same employers that employ us here the same shipping companies but overseas oh okay so it's a ripple effect eventually it's coming to our town eventually but as long as we have unions that will fight to the end Look at Australia, look at uh, England, look at Spain. Similar, similar characteristics that our union has are in those areas, and they lost a lot. These are powerful people, 
powerful, powerful, powerful people. And, you know, it, it's, it's politics and economics. And that's when you talk, when you get into those discussions, it, it, it goes deeper than that, you know. And I'm not, not, I'm not knowledgeable. I'm not going to sit here and talk out of my ass when I don't know jack shit. You know, I'm just speaking as a dock worker by my experience and what I see as me, Victor Alvarez, the way I see things as an individual, seeing both ends, yeah. And I can go deep on, on, on either end, but, you know, it's... it's uh, Okay. It's it's pretty deep, you know. But that applies to anything that you speak about. That that has to do with politics and, and economics, you know. Some people will agree and some people will disagree and it, that's fair. That's fine. But I, it depends where where are your where you are, where you're where you where you stand as an individual, where you stand in your principles that you hold strongly about. That's that's where it's at. And many might hold strongly to something, even if it's no longer of doing them any any that doing I, them a disservice. That, I'm not speaking about your people. I'm speaking about like truckers. But the, like but, sometimes they feel like they might feel like this might be a hard pill to swallow at some point if we but, come to realize that but, we will need just, some kind of organization. But, but let's talk about let's talk about truckers. Majority are people that have come from other countries. Majority. I'm not saying all of them are. You got people from the Midwest that come. You got white people that come. You got people from all walks of life that come and that work hard, you know. <clears throat> but overall, overall, generally speaking, the majority of people come from from far far end countries with where they come from. Really, really, where they they felt a hardship growing up. And it's apparent by the way by the way you talk to them and the way you speak to them. And even just as little as what they're making, they're very happy with it. Yeah, in comparison. They're, yeah, they're like, yeah. damn, this is good money. I can do this. I can you know. Some are very hungry for that. Some but you know, but at a but little, when, but when you wanna, you wanna, you wanna organize. Well, no, well, if we organize, it's gonna take away from me. How am I gonna? No, I can't do that. Fuck that. I'm gonna go the other way. Fuck that. Estos tan pendejos. Que quieren organizar. Yeah. Yo no voy a pagar. You got, you got construction workers. Ah, yo no. Te metes a la unión y te chingan. It, it, it's pretty, it's pretty, it, it's a really strong subject, you know what I mean? It's it's really strong, but, you know, as a laborer, this is the thing, as laborers that we are, yes, I'm on the other end, that's, gracias a Dios, you know, I, I'm benefiting from it, but in all reality, all laborers are, we're all one, man. We're, well, so you brought that up, because you're on the other side, well, let me ask you this, what would you do if you were not? What would you be doing if you were not a part of that? I wouldn't be making. I wouldn't. Well, that's something. Separate. Workforce wise. Uh, Workforce. Yeah, not monetary. Like, if you're gonna be well off or not. No, but, not monetary. No, yeah, excluding monetary, I'd probably working harder, working harder, and I'd probably be in a professional, professional field. Yeah. 
if that, if that wasn't a thing, you would yeah. probably okay. Yeah. And in the professional field, you think that there, that topic would come to mind, uh, organizing, or that's something that it's like uh, independent as well, Who right? Knows if, <laughs> I've never I, seen like a I'd, union of I'd psychologists. Pro- you know, well, I'd probably well, there's a lot of people that have left their professions to work on the waterfront. Mm. You know, but um, just because of the of the benefits, you know, financial and health benefits mostly for health benefits um but me personally i'd probably be doing research you know and i wouldn't be this wouldn't even cross my mind without due respect Mm -hmm. you know because we're all what is it um see once you become a professional you're not under the laborer you're on a different you're you're doing something else but as a laborer i'm you know, as a worker, yeah, I'm, I'm for the worker. I'm for the worker. But it's like everything. You have to be strategic. Well, what would you change at the port if you could change, like, one thing? If I could change one thing? Educate. Yeah. Educate? Educate. In general, uh, are you speaking broadly for everyone that for goes broad- in and out of the ports yeah. or like just yeah. for in general, union yeah. in people? Ge- in, no, in general. In general. Educate. Educate. What's Educate. a subject you think that needs to be labor. touched? Labor. Labor. Labor law. Labor. Labor. Organizing. Organizing. Yeah. Organizing. Organizing would be a good would be a good it's actually the what what needs to be done even you know even now that we're i'm in a union yes i'm in a union but organizing always gonna be it should always be a topic you know because they're they're organizing to 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 bank bank on it so we should always be organizing we should always stay stay uh stimulated and you know what's next what's next and some of our leaders in in the in our in my union, they they're constantly, they're constantly on it. They're constantly studying. They're constantly researching. They're they're constantly going back and and seeing some of the flaws that we have committed, and they're constantly reading and reading and educating themselves and trying to transcend that to the union. I tip my hat for our union brothers and sisters that do that for our union, all up and down the West Coast, and even in other unions all up across the, the United States and around the world. You know, we're an international brotherhood, you know, but I'm not here to represent the union. As a, as a, I'm not speaking on behalf of the union, but I'm just saying what, what goes on, you know, to continue to have that education, you know, going. It's important, and and we help other people to organize. We get these people to organize and become become aware of the of of their surroundings and within the workforce that they that they're that they're working under, and uh, to notice the conditions that they're working under. But when we speak about truckers, it's a very unique. Um, it's its own unique way of how it conducts itself on the docks. There's a lot of pieces. Imagine right now, hypothetically, everyone says, "You know what? Let's organize." What happens to those trucks they own? What happens to those LLCs? What happens to those yards they're renting? What happens to those carriers that they're leased onto? Like, it sounds like a big, a lot of chaos will, will happen within that period. What happens then? We don't know. Has it happened? 
No. Will it happen? Don't know. But if it does, that's all the stuff that's going to be impacted. That's something to be, if you're trying to organize, that's something to take in consideration. And that's some, some uh, I would say, some, some of the variables that you need to take into account and see what, how you can reach yeah. all those all those areas, how, you know, thinking ahead of the game. I mean, you like I told you coming in here, you seem to be a very talented person. <laughs> with a, You're just being nice. No, I'm not being nice. <laughs> I, I tell it like I see it. Mm. You know, you're putting out a, a lot of effort into this. This isn't easy. I couldn't fuck with all this shit, all this technology. <laughs> it's, it's just looking at it gives me yeah. a fucking headache. <laughs> it does. But yeah. you're doing it. And by the looks of it, you're not. Uh, I can see a lot of the stuff here that you're talented in not only in one area. Thank you, man. You have talent in many areas. Uh, in short, just coming in here, I can see, I can pick your fucking brain, and I know where where you stand. You're not just about this. Your mind is bigger and greater than just this little fucking room. <laughs> but that's not that's not me just saying it to say it or to kiss your ass. I'm not gonna benefit anything from it. I appreciate that. Every now and then, I I gotta learn to take a compliment. You know. Well, you know, some of us. Who, the thing with us, and I like to say this all the time, the thing with us Chicanos, even though our parents are Mexicanos, both of them, and we're not, you know, whatever the pocho word is, and I like to use it to fuck around and talk shit to people. My mom's Salvadorian, I got to add that in there. Well, whatever it is, yeah. you're still part of the Chicanismo, which is not only Mexican-American, but it's the, Ch the Chicano experience, and we can go into that, whatever. But what I'm trying to say is, that being here, being raised here, being born here, or what have you, but being raised here, we, we speak through in English, psychologically we're fucked up, you know? In Mexico, for example, a Mexican that's born, whether he's born into poverty or what have you, that Mexican knows he's a Mexican and he knows his place. He knows... So Mexicano, and he's confident about it, and he takes charge. But we're here, and we're like, fuck, I know I'm a Mexican, but fuck. I think I speak in English. I think in English. I dream in English. We're never, we're always searching for our roots. I, I want to know more about my people. I want to know this. I want to know that. And we're always searching for that so we can have that confidence to say, this is what I am. We stay in guest mode instead of all, just owning yeah, it. Yeah, and you go over there, we're always in doubt. We're always in doubt of ourselves. We're always in like, I, I can't do that. But, yeah, you know? I don't feel too confident. But that's also a big problem with us. But yeah, I mean, no, you, 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 if you continue to doing what you're doing, then you're going to get far. You, you have a lot of ideas. You're hungry for those ideas. Me, I just want to write. I don't know. I used to be ambitious for material things. I used to be ambitious for power. I used to be ambitious for many other things. Not anymore. What did you learn along the way of, of that desire? I've learned a lot about myself. You know, I've learned a lot about myself that, you know, I'm 48 years old. I'm not a child anymore, you know. In a couple of years, I'll be half a half a century. I have to think. I at this point in my life, I need to think a little different. You know, I I need to carry myself a little different than 
than what I used to be a few years back, you know? And uh, for that reason, I have a way different outlook on life. I have a way different perspective on, on, on things. I, don't get me wrong, I work hard to have what I have. I work hard to secure my future. I work hard, you know, but um, material things are not that important as they were before, you know? They're not. Image is not as important as it was before. That, I don't care. Even the way I dress now, it's not that important anymore. Those things don't matter to me. So I've learned a lot within myself, you know? And I'm still working on it. Will I ever get it right? I don't know. Who, I can import that. But one thing I do hold dear is humility. And I always try to remind myself, I could be an asshole to people, but I always try to remind was I an asshole? Yeah, you were. You know what? Try to go back and say, hey, I'm sorry, man. I apologize. I maybe came too hard on you, but I didn't mean it that way. You know? And sometimes I come off like that, but I don't mean it that way because it's not who I am. I'd rather be in You choose not to. You're like, can you elaborate on the whole humility thing? Because sometimes I feel like, because... If we're being humble, we, we think that we're not allowed to kind of flex a little bit every now and then. Like, every now and then, you got to show a motherfucker that, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, well, if, you're thing, too, the, if you're too, if you're too, because humble is like, oh, like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? No. Like, sometimes we got to talk our shit, at least. Well, there's certain things that can be avoided. Yeah. When you choose, you can choose, you can, I don't know about yourself, but you can see somebody down the down the street and you know, you know what, this guy, I better... I could either, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna challenge this motherfucker. Who, who that motherfucker thinks he is walking all the way he's walking? Fuck him. A mí me la pela, you know? That's the way we think. Or you could be like, if I do that and I challenge him, who knows? He could pull out a knife, he could pull out a gun, you could beat his ass, you could go to jail, be in jail, whatever. It can go either way. Or you could just say, you know what? I'm gonna pretend to go over here. Like I didn't see him, or I'm gonna look down and like I don't, he doesn't exist. Or I'm just gonna pass by him and he says anything, he's not talking to me because I don't know him. And I'm gonna ignore him. And that's it. You can choose to, to, to battle that person, or you can choose, and that doesn't make you less of a man. You probably are a greater man that chooses not to. The greatest but battle is the one that never took place, or something like something that. Something like that, right? Something uh, some like generals, that. some yeah. generals said that. Yeah. But you know what? It, it goes back to how you want to live your life. You want to live your life constantly mad, angry, you know, having that machismo in you, having that, mm, I'm that 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 you know, I'm bad, and you know what? Instead of having a little dog, you want to have a pit bull, and you want to walk around without a shirt. You want to look at everybody. You want to hold your face tight, and you want to just like be in that bad energy. More power to you, man. Let me go about my business. I don't like that energy. I like positive energy. I like being around positive people. 
Not people that are ambitious about money and, oh, I got a big house and I got a big car and I got Rolexes and I have this and I have that. I'm buying another company and my power to you, man. That's what makes you happy. Good for you. That seems to come up in arguments at the terminals. I've heard arguments where <coughs> that the monetary status comes up as a as a shit talking. But that goes to everybody. But that goes with this, you, you know. know? That like, goes. And Matt, so does that mean that if you were to lose your job tomorrow, that you ain't shit? Because you place your value on that. Well, some people, some if people, you, some people. I mean, it depends who you speak to. I mean, you have you have truckers that got more shit going on outside of their truck, their little. Trucking, mm-hmm. uh, whatever they do, mm-hmm. they got more money. It depends who you speak to. I mean, you got people. I I know gardeners that have better shit going on than I do, mm-hmm. and you're like, dang, you know, it, there's people that are ambitious in all in all walks of life. Yeah, and and they come from humble beginnings. And some people, my biggest thing is those, not just because you you have things you forget to be humble. There's people that have a lot and they're still humble. There's people that have less, and they're still assholes. You know, they want to blame the whole world for for their for their misfortune. But there's people that don't have anything, but they have so much to offer. And there's people that have abundance, and they still remain humble. It depends on the individual. So overall, what is humble to you? Humble is oh, what was instilled in you as a child. For first and foremost. That you learn to be respectful towards your elders. Uh, somebody offers you whatever they have, and you accept it. But you accept it genuinely, and you're okay with it. You know, if somebody offers you a a a, a pupusa, for example, mm. you know, and it's small, but you you know what you uh, make a minute. I don't want that. You know, but if you accept it, hey man, you know what? Me lo chingar bien a gusto, and you're gonna be really grateful for it. That's humility. Mm. You know, when you see somebody down the street, and you see them sad or something happening, you can acknowledge it and you say, "Hey man, you're right." That's humble. You know, being humble is tener humildad, tener being connected with your with your with your with your good side of yourself, the good of you, the what the righteous, you know, the righteousness. That's humble to me. You know, and the and there's positive energy that draws those people. That draws those people to those people. And that's why you are connected with those people. There's there's a force, I think, in my belief. It's what you know, that pulls you to those people. You could be in a different country, and that force will bring those people near you. How it works, I don't know. Can rich people remain humble? I just said that they are. There's there's rich people yeah. that are humble. I know people that are well off and that, that remain humble. You know, they just had the better end of it, but they remain humble. Humboldt has... It's just the character then, because sometimes the, the, they a, say the money would change you. It's, it's, just a, it's a characteristic that was instilled in you by your parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Si tus padres no te enseñaron 
ser respetuoso, ser humilde, you know, then you, it's hard to, you can't transcend that into a person as an adult either. Sometimes people need to hit the rock bottom to understand what it, what mm -hmm. it means. And sometimes they create that. So desarrolla ese trait along the way sometimes. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. What do you see as a, a, moving on to another topic, if that's okay with you? Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most common issue between uh, the truckers, or as they call them, the outside <coughs> truckers? Mm -hmm. I fucking hate that term, but anyways. Um, what's, the, what's the common issue between them and, and union members? Do you see that it's a disrespect, misunderstandings? Like, no, what's the main problem? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a misunderstanding. I I want to say is um, an outside trucker is somebody that's not not well. An outside trucker not within the union, but and that is a, that, that 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 I can see where you're coming from, but it's um, mainly that you're coming into the yard and. You know, for the most part, outside truckers don't follow the rules that we have to follow. Now, I'm not saying that everybody on the waterfront <laughs> follows any rules. Yeah. You know, and uh, but pretty much I can't tell you what to do. You're not under my authority unless you're I'm driving a big machine and I tell you I honk once, I honk twice, I honk three times. You follow those commands. Other than that. I'm nobody to tell you what to do. I'm nobody to tell you, hey, get off your phone while you're driving. I can't tell you that. Hey, why'd you blow that stop sign? I can't tell you that. Can you even tell your brothers that? Yeah. Oh, you could check them like that? Yeah. Yeah. Because we have a contract. But nobody likes to be told what to do. That's right. We know we're all adults. And as an adult, you should know how to how do how to, what to do you know that you have a contract there's a book you need to read it you need to follow it humans don't follow rules <laughs> but what do you think is the biggest issue between us that why it's evident that there's some kind of a uh, bad think, blood or whatever <clears throat> it's not bad blood it just we go back to the ignorance on both sides ignorance ignorance within within union workers that don't acknowledge outside truckers as being labor, part of the same labor. Truckers are not acknowledging union workers that they fall under a contract and that there's certain things that they cannot do and there's a lot of expectations from truckers, you know? So it's a lot of, it's a lot of misconceptions on both ends and there's a lot of conclusion on both ends. And people draw their own conclusions, and it, it creates a separation. There's a history of uh, mis... Um, ¿cómo se How can I say it? Mm. There's already a history of conflicts, right, that led to this? Like, It's humans. I mean, humans, humans are always in conflict. Humans fight, you know? There's always that. But ignorance is what prevails everybody. That's what creates more problems. We see it on the, on the everyday basis, within the union, within work, within people, you know, in general.
and I am back. Normally, this is the part where I would say we're back if we took a quick little break, but during the break, uh, I learned that Victor had somewhere he needed to be. That's my mistake. I should have asked um, his availability before I started recording. But with that being said, there will be a part two as um, we are we were about halfway through this interview. So tune in for part two. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. So I want to thank Victor for taking time out of his busy schedule to tap in and let us know a little bit about that side of Dreyage. And we will catch you guys on the next one. If you want to reach out to Victor through social media on Instagram, his handle is at Bacardi74, B-A-C-A-R-D-I, and the numbers seven and four. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions for him, drop them in the comments and we'll be sure to bring them up on part two. Peace.